0: Good morning. I hope everyone's having a wonderful morning. It is time for my Sunday sermon. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Um, Something else I'm excited about, I actually get to preach twice today. First I'm going to preach here to all of you and then around 2 o'clock or so I'm going to be going to a local nursing home and I'm going to be preaching there. Kind of excited. I wrote a separate sermon to it for it too. In fact, I prayed and asked God to give me a second sermon and one that isn't super long. Yeah, I know because I kinda am a little bit long winded when I preach, but I uh, I just I, I preach what God gives me to preach. I preach the uh, the scripture that He gives me and and He gives me the words. So um, let's just pray and get right into this. Lord, we praise you and we love you and we thank you, Lord, for this day that you've given us. Please, Father, I pray that these words that I'm about to speak come directly from you. I pray that they seep into the hearts and the minds of everyone that hears them and it opens their heart to the message that you're you're wanting to give. It opens the the hearts of people that that might not really believe and, and opens them up to the truth, and the truth is Jesus. Softens their hearts and allows them to believe in the only truth that's ever been, the truest true of all, that Jesus is Lord. Father, I pray that, that, you know what, I'm just going to stop right there. We thank you, Lord. We praise you and we love you in Jesus' name. Sometimes my prayers go long-winded, and when they do, God's like, that's good. So, let's start with Revelations chapter 5. Uh, I'm also going to give you a little heads up, as I've been doing every every week. Now, the next we're going to turn to will be Luke 21, and then Daniel 7, and then Genesis 7 and Revelation 3. And there will be one more at the end, but I'm just going to pop that on to you when we, when we get there. That's This one now is Revelation 5. And then Luke chapter 21, <coughs> Daniel chapter 7, Genesis chapter 7, and Revelation chapter 3. <coughs> Pardon me. Alright. Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. That's good stuff. I'm I'm, I'm, going to read it again. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Worthy is a lamb that was slain to receive power. Wasn't slain because of power. Wasn't slain in spite of power. Was slain to receive it. God the Father sent God the Son to earth <clears throat> the Word made flesh. Like Hello, clock. <clears throat> well, I'm glad we got that clock on the way. I shouldn't have to worry about it again. <clears throat> hmm. The Father sent the Son, the Word, made flesh to earth to save us. And because the Son submitted to the Father and was slain so that we can live because He was slain. He received power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Word. Worthy is Jesus that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Now, here's the mind explorer. Jesus could have stayed in heaven because Jesus is God. Jesus didn't have the name Jesus until he became a man. Before he was a man, he was the Word of God. Part of the Holy Trinity of God. The Father, the Word, the Spirit. The Holy and Blessed Trinity of God Almighty. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Spirit is God. They're all God. And they are all the trinity of God. So the son could have stayed in heaven where he already had power, riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. He could have stayed there, but he didn't. Because God loved us so much that he didn't want us be bound to the eternal grave, bound to hell, to suffer, ultimately, yes, by the hands of sin, by the power of sin, by the curse of sin, but Satan, Satan used sin to keep us from God. And God's like, that's not going to really work for me. That's really... I mean, the, the the saints of God got to go to Abraham's bosom, but that was still in place of hell because they they died with sin. Because at that point, they weren't reborn through the Spirit. So they were what they were. They had a soul, but it was bound to the flesh. And God's like, you know what? That's, that's not really going to work for me. I created everything. I created you, Satan. And you turn up. And now you're going to keep human beings from me? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Hey, uh, son, you mind going down to earth and teaching Satan a lesson? You got it, Pop? Personally, I'm sure it was not quite like that, but you know what I'm saying. So Jesus didn't have to come. He did not have to come to earth to receive all this. He already had it. But he came to earth, submitted to the Father, and went through all that he went through and was slain and received a crown. King of earth. King of all the heavens. King of all the universe. He received a crown. Because he, as God, just as the Father, as God, just as the Spirit, as God, all three are one God. The Lord is one Lord. I know it's a little bit of a mind-bender. <clears throat> I don't truly understand it. No one does. Because our minds can only understand certain things. Because we're human. God wanted heaven with us. It is hot in front of this window. Goodness gracious. May have to turn on the air conditioner here in a minute. Alright. So let's uh let's move over to Luke chapter 21. Brandy, I may actually need you to turn on the air conditioner. Just saying. A little bit warm in front of this. Okay. I I, I can talk about it. I'm tough. Alright, Luke chapter twenty-one verse eight. Now, this is a bit of reading. This is a bit of reading. How are you gonna make it at two o'clock? This is a bit of reading. Um But it's good. I uh I tried to cut down and I tried to cut it short, and, and, the, and the Spirit was like, no, I'm going to have to read the whole thing. So, I'm going to read the whole thing. I'm going to pop off a, a few times, but, yeah. Luke chapter 21, verse 8 through 36. <clears throat> and he said, this is Jesus, Take heed that ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. There will be false prophets. There will be those that claim that they are Jesus. That they are the Messiah coming again. But be not deceived. And do not follow them. Because they are not him. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass. But the end is not by and by. Then he said unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Kind of seems like we're kind of getting to that place right now, doesn't it? This is Jesus telling the disciples, what will happen before he returns. And great earthquakes shall be in divers places, and famines and pestilences and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. We've already seen many great signs from heaven. The media calls it aliens, or has some excuse for it. We've seen many great things in the sky. And some of the stuff that I even think that, like, that new telescope they have and they're like oh wow there's this cool thing that's never been seen before but here it is and we have a name for it and we can explain it through a whole bunch of theories that don't make sense yeah. great signs shall there be from heaven and famines and pestilences and fearful sights. we got a little bit of that famine stuff going on now don't we Different parts of the world. It's not globally yet. But there are famines and there are diseases. And I'm not I'm not talking about the one we've been dealing with here right now. I'm not even gonna say it, I don't. Yeah. Hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot of of diseases and sicknesses that have overtaken this world. And there are earthquakes. We have earthquakes popping off in places that there's never been before. Texas is having some earthquakes now. Not as often as some of the other places. But, yeah. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. That's happening over in China and several other places now. Christians are being killed every single day. They're being persecuted, they're being beheaded, they're being imprisoned, they're being tortured. Why? Why? Why is all this befalling Christians? Because God teaches us love. And I mean, even in this country, we have every other political group down and against us wanting to push us down below the feet, wanting to destroy us wanting to destroy every business that represents Christianity we're being labeled as things that we aren't because Jesus teaches us love we are to love one another we are to love everyone as he loves us so why is the whole world trying to destroy us when all we want to do is love them because we belong to Jesus. Being brought before kings and rulers for my namesake, for Jesus' namesake, The whole world is trying to destroy Christians, trying to silence us, trying to push us down below and put their thumb on top of us because we believe the truth. And the truth is Jesus. And Satan ain't down with that because he's trying to keep man from God. So if you have us over here as Christians speaking the truth, which trumps all of his deceits and all of his lies because he is called the Prince of Lies for a reason. He cannot tell the truth. He is the opposite of God. God is without sin, and and Satan is the Prince of Sin. As far as we know, as far as the Bible is concerned, as far as we know, Lucifer is the first one to see. And he was an angel. One of the, the greatest of all the angels. God allowed him to be the greatest or one of the greatest of all the angels. And what did he do? He decided that he wanted to be God. I mean, God created me, but surely I can destroy him and become God. Yeah, that that really worked out. The world wants to destroy Christians and destroy Christianity because we threaten Satan's grand goal to keep man from God. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it, therefore, in your hearts, not to meditate before what ye shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. When the time comes that you're being persecuted, when the time comes when you're brought before kings and rulers, when the time comes that they're threatening to put you to death, and more than likely will, don't try to think in your mind, what am I going to say, what am I going to do when when this comes to be? Don't worry. For I, Jesus, the Lord God Almighty, will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. They will not be able to trump what you say because it comes from the Spirit of God Almighty and no one and no thing that's ever existed and ever will can outdo God. <clears throat> And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolks and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. <coughs> Excuse me. So your own blood will turn against you. As I've been saying for a time now, the spirit is stronger than blood. All of us who are connected by the spirit of Jesus, sorry, my legs fell asleep, All of us who are connected by the Spirit of Jesus are closer than blood relatives, are closer than even your children or your parents through blood. Spirit is stronger than blood because, as it says here, as Jesus said, the blood, your own flesh and blood will turn against you. But the Spirit never will. and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake there shall not an hair of your head perish now I wanted to stop right there for a minute okay in verse 16 and ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolks and friends and some of you shall they cause to be put to death and then in verse 18 but there shall not an hair of your head perish what does that mean will be put to death, but not a hair of our head will perish. How, how is that possible? How can you die, but still not perish? How? 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 You can die in the flesh, but your spirit will never perish. Now, but why did Jesus say, the hair of my head? Because the spirit doesn't have hair. Are are we sure? Are we sure? Are you sure that in heaven you won't have hair? You won't have arms and legs? Are you just going to be this little floating ball of light floating around everywhere? Remember when Jesus was on the mount during the transfiguration? If I said that right. Where he changed? And it was John, James, and Peter. And they described his face as looking at the face of the sun. And his clothes were the whitest that white could ever be. And he was standing there talking with Elias, which is Elijah, and Moses. He wasn't talking to a couple of beams of light. He was talking to two people that the the disciples recognized as being Moses and Elias. It was also when God came up in a, in a cloud and said, this is my son for I am well Peter talks about it later on. Now, the head of your hair, hair shall perish and some, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death, but there shall not a hair of your head perish. It's a mantra. But Jesus, every time that he would explain the Spirit before his death, No one there could could grasp the concept of what he was saying. And much, much of what Jesus said wasn't even for them, it was for us. And I've said it a million million times, I'll say it a million more, I'll say it ten billion more. I'll say it as long as God wants me to. So there's times that he would say things in a way that they could grasp. But, but, even so, He means the spirit. Your body, your flesh may crumble. It may fail. It may die. You may be put to death for my name's sake, but you, the real you, will not perish. Your spirit is you, and you will not perish. You will ascend and live with me. In your patience possess ye your souls. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter therein For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. He's talking about the long prophets. He's talking about the past prophecies will be fulfilled. The Jews thought the past prophecies meant the Romans were going to be run out. They didn't realize that Jesus was talking about the long game the end of the whole world. But at that point, the Jews did not realize that the whole world would come to know and believe Jesus, would come to know and believe in God and the power of God and His majesty. They did not realize that every single person that believes would become chosen. Because at that point, they were the only chosen. A few strangers were allowed here and there, but they were the chosen and no one... Was allowed to even learn unless they lived among the Jews. So that prophecy had a diff- has a different meaning when God's talking about the entire world. But Jerusalem <clears throat> will play a part. And the Jerusalem may not be the Jerusalem of now, of, of earth that we know now. It may, in fact, be New Jerusalem. I believe that it will be. I believe that Israel, as we know it, will end up through the end times, will end up through wars and the destruction coming. And they'll play a part. And they will will receive redemption because when Jesus comes the second time, then it is written, they will believe that he is the Messiah. Pardon me. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. And the vengeance is God's vengeance on the wicked, God's vengeance upon Satan. It is written, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. <clears throat> in those coming times, it's going to be hard, especially for, 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 those, for women that are pregnant, or, or uh, nursing their children. It's going to be a hard time. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Again, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Everything that is coming to pass, everything that's ever been written, Israel will be trodden down. Until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Until everything that God has said comes to pass. And the righteous and the wicked are separated. Until Jesus returns. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. The whole world. The whole world is going to be a mess, a disaster. It's not going to just be human beings that are going to be going... It's not just human beings that are going to be experiencing all of this. The earth itself is going to tremble. Earthquakes. The seas raging and roaring. Tornadoes and hurricanes and rain and lightning and destruction across the land. We're talking into the world level stuff here. The earth will be affected. The earth will be changed. I, I, I would say that's a lot of why, when the time comes, God remakes heaven and earth. Because the earth will be so ransacked. If you read Revelations, much, much destruction will come to the land itself. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. All spiritual places will be shaken. Whether it be heaven, hell, and all other spiritual places. Because there are others. In Revelation, the abyss is mentioned. God opens the abyss. The abyss is where many of the angels, not all of them, but many of the angels that rose up against God with Lucifer were, were sent to the abyss, trapped until the end of days. The abyss is also the place where God will toss the devil for a thousand years. So there's other places other than heaven and hell. There's also the lake of fire, and that's the end. The lake of fire is the end of all things. Verse twenty-seven. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Amen. <clears throat> this is. Uh, let's swap. Pop over to Daniel chapter seven, verse thirteen. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to, to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Amen! Daniel prophesied before Jesus spoke. He prophesied a piece of it. Just as Isaiah prophesied a piece of it. Just as many other prophets have prophesied, prophesied pieces of what would come. Now, why pieces? Why not the whole thing? Because, well, I have a theory. Prophets of old couldn't understand exactly what they were seeing. Because what they were seeing was way off in the future. Sometimes not way off. But what they were seeing was at a different time. And another reason, our minds can only handle so much. That has been proven. That has been proven time and again. Our human minds can only handle a speck, a tiny little piece of God's will. And behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. He is talking about what Jesus was just talking about. When Jesus returns to the earth. Jesus was talking about when he comes the second time. He's telling everyone right there before him, about when he comes the second time before he's even died before he's even resurrected before he's even ascended so they literally had no idea what he was talking about (sighs) man to be there listening to Jesus as he told those words to be Daniel, seeing this vision given to him by God of Jesus coming to the earth with the kingdom of heaven and having dominion over everything. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. The only kingdom that will exist forever is the kingdom of God. Let's go back to Luke picking up in chapter 28 I mean uh, verse 28, I'm sorry (sighs) verse 28 and when these things begin to come to pass then look up and lift your heads for your redemption draweth nigh Jesus as he comes to earth, that is your redemption that is salvation, Jesus is the only way to heaven the only way to the Father is through the Son. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own of your own selves that summer is now at hand. Verily, I th- so likewise ye, when you see these things. Come to pass, know that know ye that the kingdom of God <clears throat> is nigh at hand. Verse 32. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Let's go to Genesis chapter seven. Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. <clears throat> Let me read verse 32 for you. Verily I say unto you, this generation... shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. A generation to God is not like us. It's not like our generation. So my generation is uh, Generation X. And I think the ones before me were the Baby Boomers. And the ones after me were Next. Generation Next. I don't know who comes up with these names. Pretty... You know, it's the millennials. I don't know who comes up with these names. But they're pretty mediocre. Uh, it might be millennials. My wife said it might be the millennials. I don't know. But my point is, my point is, generations to us are one, one generation of children to the next. But generations to God, a lot different. When God flooded the earth and saved Noah and two of every animal, he told Noah, I see you as righteous in this generation." Now, as far as human generations, like the way we think of generations, many, 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 many generations had come and gone <clears throat> until Noah before. But in God speaking, that generation was every human being from Noah forward. <clears throat> so, generations to God are it's time. Generations are still technically time, but we break generations down into smaller bits of time. Not small to us, because most of us have 80 to 120 years on the heart of the earth, and that's about it. <clears throat> so, don't let that word confuse you. When Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. He was saying, everyone on the earth from, from here forward will not pass away as far as will not be destroyed. This generation, not the people living there, not the people alive at that point in time, but this generation of people. This time frame of humanity, of humans on the earth, will not pass until all this is fulfilled. So basically, he's saying, I'm not going to come in and like destroy y'all again before all this happens. I'm not going to flood the earth. I'm not going to set it on fire. I'm not going to destroy anything until all of this is fulfilled. And the fulfillment of this will also bring the destruction of the world. Not necessarily destruction of the earth, although the earth will suffer, but the destruction of the world as we know it. Verse 33, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I love that. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Jesus' words will never pass away because just as Jesus as eternal, is eternal, just as God is eternal because God is Jesus and Jesus is God. So true are his words, eternal. They will never pass away. Verse 34, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfighting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unaware. Do not lose hope. Do not lose focus. Do not fall in to the ways of the world. Don't start getting hammered every night because you can't handle what, the, the world around you. Don't lose hope. <clears throat> Verse 35, For as the snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Verse 36 Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Let's go to Revelations chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse (coughs) 3. This is God speaking. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Let's reread verse 36 in Luke chapter 21. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus will come like a thief in the night would come. If a thief is coming to break into your house to steal your stuff, they're going to come either when you're not there or when you're sleeping and not aware. When you're not expecting them to come, that's when they're going to come and steal your stuff. Jesus will come back to earth when no one is expecting it. When no one is looking for his return. So, you fellow Christian, you fellow believer, Always be looking for Jesus. Always look for His return. Never look away unaware. Never get consumed and brought up into the ways of the world. This is not your home. Heaven is home. New Jerus- Jerusalem, which will be heaven, remain. Heaven and earth remade. That will be home. This is not home. Do not get comfortable. Do not fall into the ways of the world and lose sight and hope. Do not quit looking for the face of God. Do not quit pursuing Him. Do not stop praying. Always seek Him. Last verse, we're going to finish it out. Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. And therefore will the Lord wait, that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are they that wait for him. Blessed are they that wait for him. Why is Jesus not returned already? Because he loves us. He wants every single person that can be saved. Every single person on the face of planet Earth that has the opportunity to find him. To find him. So when he returns, we get to go to heaven. After he returns, he will start walking the earth. And he will choose his 144,000 disciples that will follow him. And he will preach his gospel, his word. And many more will be saved, but those that are saved will have to wait. Will have to wait until the final battle. Everyone that is saved before them will get a first, will get a front row seat in heaven for the end times I would love to be on earth and watch Jesus come to earth but I'm thinking I'd love it even more if I was already in heaven either way to see Jesus come down on a cloud with all of his angels going to be amazing absolutely Let's pray. Father, I I pray that these words that these words fall not on deaf ears. These words fill the hearts and the minds and the spirits of everyone that hears them more. And they believe and know that you are the truth you are God Almighty you reign supreme you are the creator you are the Alpha and Omega you are Lord and the Lord is one Lord. you are the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit one God Please let our hearts be filled. Let us come alive and praise in your glorious name. And let any of those who don't believe or that are right on the cusp of belief, let their hearts be softened. Let their hearts be opened and let them know that you move, that you live, that you reign. Let them believe and know the truest and most perfect love that's ever been. For you are to love, God. And to know you is to love you. Father, I pray and I ask all of these things. And I praise and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope everyone has a wonderful week. If you're in Texas, it's going to be a warm one. Might want to go ahead and crank on the air conditioner. I know it's a little early to be cranking on the air conditioner, but I'm hot-natured. And my wife is too, and I'm pretty sure our cats are. (laughs) We have all the windows open right now, but it's gonna be like 95 today. Yeah, I'm a Texan, yeah, I can handle the heat, but air conditioning is good too. If I had to go without it, I could, but since I don't have to, yeah. But I hope everyone has a great week. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be preaching at uh, old folks home here uh, locally here in just a little while. And um, hopefully it's about 10 or 15 minutes. I'm I'm really shooting for that because I don't want to, you know, I want them to all uh, really hear the message that God has prepared for them. So I love you and God bless you.